made me promise not to tell. Oh, man. I'm sorry. But hey, it's over now, right? Because you can tell them you know they know, and I can go back to knowing absolutely nothing. Unless. No, not unless. Look, this must end now. Oh, man, they think they are so slick messing with us. But see, they don't know that we know that they know. So... Ah, uh, yes. The messers become the messies. Come on, you guys. I think, think how much fun it would be to tell. We know, we know, we know. What? Welcome to Welcome to Storybrooke, uh, Book 5, Chapter 6. So this is Season 4, Episode 6, Family Business. And this is Take 2 for us. Yeah, the first one was... We, Not up to our standards. We owe you quality. Good quality. I feel like people just say quality and they mean good quality, but, you know, quality comes in two different forms. That's an accurate statement. That's a thing I never thought about and will now drive me crazy until the end of time. So... Sorry. Thanks. And really, it's just me being pedantic, because I'm sure they're... What? I know, right? Anyway, this is uh, family business. So, you'll remember last week, we left off on the cliffhanger, which was an actual cliffhanger, an actual revealing reveal, where Emma discovered that, although this fact has been erased from her memory, she did used to live in a foster home where the Dairy Queen was her foster mother. Which is a great reveal, which is why the uh, recap decides to remind us of that. Also, Maid Marian still in an ice coma. It's only been like three episodes. Of her being in that coma? Yeah. yeah. Or four? It's... Four or five episodes? Yeah. We know. She's in an ice coma. Now, I before we start, the flashback structure in this one is different from what we've had all season. For the whole season, the flashback has been to... Elsa and Anna in Arendelle, and then modern day, everyone looking for Anna and the Ice Queen. This week, the flashback is to a point in Belle's history, sort of. We'll see how that ties to the Elsa and Anna stuff, but at least at the beginning of the flashbacks, we're flashing back to Belle pre-being kidnapped by the Beast. The exception to this being, of course, the previous episode where Emma's where the flashback took the uh, form of a young adult novel starring Emma. Oh right, I forgot that we did that last week. They're just mixing it all up. It's almost like this season doesn't have that much structure. Hmm. Okay. Speaking of things that lack structure, the wall keeping the ogres out of Bell's kingdom has fallen and the guards are getting right the hell out of here. Yeah, well Bell's mom is like trying to pack up their entire library and, you know, there are ogres coming. Yeah, the guards are like, hey, we need to get out of here. Ogres are attacking the castle. And Belle's mom's like, no, me and my daughter are going to save all of these books because ogres are going to destroy them when they take... And look, I get it. Like, the burning of the Library of Alexandria is a great tragedy. But in this moment, human life is worth more. Get the fuck out of the castle. Also, can I be pedantic for a moment? Sure. Those books are books that have been published with a printing press. Those are not handwritten books that cannot be replaced. Those are all replaceable books. Mm. 
And the funny thing is, I feel like the show, because they want the aesthetic that they're, like, old, valuable books, is showing these, like, leather-bound volumes. But all that tells me is that these are books that were mass-produced. You don't need to save them. But Belle is looking for a specific book. The castle shaking and Belle's mom's like, oh, maybe we should actually head out. And Belle's like, no, I need to find a special book that you gave me. Because I would hate to lose anything that reminds me of you, my mother, who I love. Yep, sure would be sad. You know, her mother looks so much like the woman from the late NBC show Timeline that I had to look up to see if it was her, even though this woman is too old to be that woman. It's weird that you say too old because seeing her and Belle in the same scene together, the first thing that popped to my mind is, Mom, why are you only three years older than me? Oh, oh, don't get me wrong. She's too young to be playing Belle's mom. But that's because they're doing the thing they do, where Belle is supposed to be 16, even though she's being played by the same actress. Or is she? Because we find out later this happens right before her thing with Rumpelstiltskin. Ooh, creepy. Although Belle's timeline is so completely and totally fucked. Well, see, then it would make sense, right? If her mom was a time traveler. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, the ogres are here. The ogres are here, and uh, luckily Belle's mom knows the one thing ogres are weak to, tables. Tables. Well, it reminds me of the nuclear drills that they used to make American kids do in the 50s, where it was like, hide under your table, it'll be fine. Duck. And cover. Yeah, Bert the turtle. He's the one who told kids that's what they had to do. I mean, I remember... Learning about nuclear paranoia as a kid and, like, seeing those old film strips and thinking, that desk isn't going to do shit. Speaking of which. Yeah. Turns out tables not super effective against ogres. What? I know. Crazy, right? I have some questions about the sentience of ogres, which is apropos of nothing, but, like, they wear clothes, but they seem like they're just basically monsters. Right. They're treated like mindless monsters, but... Someone made clothing for them. Hmm. Okay, so I know this isn't a this analogy isn't right because the mice in Cinderella are sentient, but you know how Cinderella made clothes for the mice? You think there's some lady out there who's just making clothes for ogres? Yeah, some giantess who's like, "Oh, the ogres are so cute. I'm going to make a little leather thong for it." Uh. There, that's what's happening. I I That's the only explanation that makes any sense. So we cut from the ogre lunging at Belle and her mom to Belle waking up from a fugue state, I suppose. Well, it's not a fugue state. She just, she was traumatized and mostly in shock and unconscious. A fugue state is where if she was walking around conscious of what was happening and then woke up not remembering the last week, that would be a fugue state. But I think she's been in bed in shock for a week. Ah, well, she's out of bed now and at her mom's funeral. Yes. Which, this has to be a different castle, right? I... Or do you think they just sealed off the part of the castle that had ogres in it? And they're... Well, okay. I mean, it has to be a different castle because later on in this episode, the ogres are going to breach this wall. And I'm pretty sure they already breached the other wall. But yeah, so this has to be a different castle, but they don't give any indication of that. Yeah. Also, when you said that she woke up and it was her mom's funeral, like, literally the moment she woke up, she went to the chapel and there's her mother being eulogized. That's weird timing, right? 
That's like on TV when you turn on the TV and the newscaster happens to be talking about exactly the story that you want to be seeing. We interrupt your TV being off. <laughs> right? Yeah, this is a really well-timed waking up out of uh, shock. I mean, well-timed being a matter of scale since she woke up to her mother's funeral. Yeah, but it gave her context. Also, how did her mom stop her from being torn apart by ogres? Okay, so here's the thing. I'm pretty sure we do get an explanation for that later, but I don't remember what that explanation is, and I may have made it up in my head, or it might be a fan fiction I read. Yeah, because I don't remember there being any explanation for this. The show very rapidly loses interest in Belle. She's there for a lot of it. Okay, I know that we aren't doing things this show should be instead, but can I just, like, blanket say that I would be so much more interested if the show was covering Belle Breaking Bad? There, It seems like there is the undercurrent of a story with Belle struggling with a darker side that basically never comes up outside of, like, really small things, which makes me think it's unintentional, but it would be interesting. But you know in later seasons when... Regina takes and becomes like that's a cool story, but there was never really the kind of delineation between Regina and as there is between, say, Belle and Lacey. Belle being split into Belle and Lacey that would have been way more interesting. Yeah, the whole Lacey thing, because Lacey's so different than Belle, and that's not something we got from any of the other characters. With Which means, which must mean, that Lacey is inside of Belle somewhere. That Belle is, like, her socially acceptable front. Alright, let's, let's talk about what the show wants us to talk about, which is an ice cream truck. Yeah, the uh, teaser image is an ice cream truck, which... It's an ice cream truck, you guys. So, back in Storybrooke... Rumpelstiltskin is putting the magic hat, the sorcerer's hat, in a secret vault behind a painting. Okay, two things. When did he first get that hat? Because he's had it, right? Like, he used it two episodes ago. Shouldn't he have already put it back by now? Also, in this secret safe that he has is his dagger. So if you were trying to keep track of who has the real dagger... Currently, Rumpel has the real dagger. Yes, in his safe. I've been having so much trouble with that. The, I guess he was lying to Hook when he told Hook that he gave uh, Belle the real dagger. Yeah, I think that must be what happened. Or he, like, changed his mind again at some point. And, I mean, as far as plot devices go, it's interesting that Belle has a fake dagger but thinks she has the real dagger. But as far as, like, actions that Rumpel would have taken, it's really dumb. So this plot is relying on Rumpelstiltskin doing something super dumb. It was really dumb of him to give her the uh, dagger in the first place. That's what I mean. She didn't demand the dagger. He didn't need to do that. She didn't even want it. He basically forced her to take something she didn't want so that he could get caught in a lie about it later. Dumb. Really dumb. But Rumpel's long-running stupid plot needs to wait because Emma has called them over to... Uh, Watch the video that reveals that she did have this giant prior relationship with the Ice Queen that she doesn't remember. Yep, it's weird that she called Rumpel and Belle, right? I get that Rumpel's one of the two most powerful creatures, characters in Storybrooke, but he's not trustworthy. It's weird that she would have called him down, right? Yeah. Well, I guess it was convenient to get everyone into the sheriff's station. 
uh emma says that on the video she's 14 which the actress is definitely not the actress is 17 but seeing as 17 year old emma is played by jennifer morrison yeah i guess it makes sense that they young down the character when she's being played by an actual 17 year old yeah now the relevant thing here is that if she was in a foster home with the dairy queen that means that the dairy queen didn't come over in the curse which means that there was some other way to come over and as we've discussed, there are lots of other ways to come over. But everyone kind of gives Rumpel the side eye and is like, I thought you were the only one who could figure out how to come over. And it was super hard. So. And he's like, if I had known there was a way other than the dark curse, I would have used it. And it's like, really? Cause what about the shoes? What about the shoes? What about the magic beans? Which apparently Hook managed to ma- find one. Like, <laughs> Wow, so much shade at Hook right now. Speaking of shade, what about the shadow? The shadow, yeah. You can even detach your own shadow and send it. We're not getting into this again. We've been in this so many times. but The entire premise of this show is flawed. Anyway. Uh, David's like, well, we know she's hiding in uh, the North Woods. We tore apart her house. We tore apart her shop. We still I wonder if they had a warrant is. to do either of those things. <laughs> Just kidding. There's no judge to sign a warrant. And Henry points out, which is a good idea. He's like, well, what about her ice cream truck? And then he says in the deepest voice possible, I'm a kid. I notice these things. Speaking of people who are too old to be playing the characters they're playing. Yeah, it's not super obvious yet, but we're getting to the point where Jared Gilmore is turning into an actual man. Yeah, it's it's weird that they're still having him play a child. But I mean, what are you going to do? It's a problem. It's a problem when you have a show where time in the show is not moving at the same rate as time is in reality and you know just wait until he's a 14 year old and he's taller than everyone in the cast and his voice is like very white levels they're getting there they're really getting there it's it's funny because lost had the same problem in fact it was even worse for lost because time was moving at like days at a time when in fact years were passing and so they finally just got rid of the child actor Anyway, David suggests that they split up. He has Emma and Regina team up, and he's like, Hey, Gold, I haven't followed you into the woods yet. Why don't you come into the woods with me? And Gold's like, no. Okay, Gold's not going into the woods with David. Yeah. What I like about this is it means David's going with literally no protection, because Elsa decides to stay with Belle to do research. Yeah, Belle and Elsa are going to go be Watcher Jr. in the library. Which means, what is David going to do if he runs into the Snow Queen? Um, he'll shoot it with his gun or hit it with his sword. Isn't that effective on magical creatures? Anyway, um... So, Elsa's really into helping Belle research, which I don't understand why. Hashtag give Elsa a girlfriend. Mm, Okay, I guess I sort of understand why. Belsa? Ugh, it's a terrible ship name. That's way worse than Rumbell. Well, the other one would be Ebel. No, no, it could be like, it could be like Cold Beauty. Frosty Book. Okay, if you're not going to take this seriously. <laughs> if you're not going to take ship naming seriously. So back in Fairytale Land, uh, Belle is trying to do research into memory. So because she has no memories of her mother being horribly murdered in front of her by ogres. And she's like, I need to know what happened to mother in her dad's like She was horribly murdered in front of you by ogres. Like, if your mind won't let you remember a trauma, that's probably because it's protecting you. Maybe stop with this. 
But no, she is really determined to remember her mom being horribly killed in front of her by ogres. And she does find a book that talks about a creature that... Can restore memory. Oh, hey. Look, we're going to get the two flashback structures together. So her dad tells her, don't go look looking for these creatures. Magic always comes with a price. I'm going to leave now so you can go do whatever you want to do. Yes, but also he doesn't say magic always comes with a price. He says, I don't think anyone's ever told you this before, but you should know magic always comes with a price. I have to feel like that would have come up at some point. I mean, people say it like every other line in Mist Haven. And this is after she... God, Mist Haven. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't... I wanted to squeeze that in here since you'll remember from the very first episode that Mist Haven was what they called the Enchanted Forest in Arendelle. But that was just a fake out so that we didn't know that Anna was going to the Enchanted Forest they will literally never call it Mist Haven again, even in this episode when Belle goes and meets Anna. Yeah, that was real pointless. I guess I didn't need to bring it up since it was it was so pointless I didn't really need to bring it up, but eh. talking about stupid things this show does is kind of our brand. So Belle talks to her father once he leaves the room about how she doesn't care if magic comes with a cost. She's going to remember her mother dying in front of her no matter what. She's going to Arendelle. So she pulls out a map that's, like, stuck in the book. And the map is stuck in the book the way that, like, role-playing books have maps inside of them. I don't think actual old books have maps like that. Anyway, we're going to fade from... Belle in the flashback looking at the Arendelle map to Belle in Storybook looking at the map. So presumably it's the same book. Okay, my question about this is, so did the curse fill the library with books from Belle's collection? Okay, okay. I'm going to posit that the second curse did. All right, because I feel like that would have raised some questions if the first... Oh, I know the library was closed during the first curse. Right, and Regina created the library, so it probably was... Okay, so The Toast, the late lamented website The Toast, has had... Oh, I miss The Toast. Anyway, it had this recurring segment, which was fairy tales made horrifying. Mm -hmm. And in the Beauty and the Beast fairy tale, the library that Beast gives to Belle, all of the books have, like, no writing on the inside. They're just for show. Because... Mm. Yeah, because it's horrifying. I feel like that's probably what the library was during the second curse. But I think that once Emma showed up and broke the curse, or the curse started to break, the books became real. And I think in this curse, designed by Snow White, it probably did bring over Belle's books, because she knew the library was going to be Belle's place. Designed by Snow White. <laughs> Snow White. Well, I mean... You know what? Yeah, designed by Snow White. You saw what she did with the generator. That was clearly... It all makes sense now. That generator was clearly designed by Snow White. So Belle's talking to Elsa about Arendelle, and she's like, I'm not familiar with Arendelle or your sister. I definitely didn't have an experience with your sister that ended with me what, mildly betraying her, if that. I'm sorry, there's no reason for Belle to keep her backstory with Anna a secret. It... It literally does not hurt her standing with anyone to be like, oh, yeah, I saw the Ice Queen grab Anna. I went to Arendelle, I hung out with Anna for an afternoon, and then the Snow Queen grabbed her. <laughs> Story over. 
yeah, I mean, that would be a super helpful thing for her to tell people. And I know she feels guilty about it, but this is, like, real manufactured conflict. Like, this is not a conflict that rises organically from the writing. <sighs> anyway, flashback. Speaking of Anna, uh, back in Arendelle, Anna runs up to Elsa, who was controlling a snowflake with no issues. Yes, also, she is out of her Let It Go outfit and back into her uh, Conceal Don't Feel outfit. She's got her hair all bound up again, and... It's funny because I know that this outfit and this hair change is meant to signify that she is back in control. But really, this is, especially in the context of the movie, the symbol of repressed emotions. Hmm. But that's not what Once Upon a Time is going for. They just don't have the costumers on their side anymore. So they can't properly match the costume with, you know, what the mood should be. So... Elsa immediately asks Anna, she's like, so did you find out what our parents actually went to the Enchanted Forest for? Not calling it Misthaven. And Anna's like, oh yeah, no, I've got some irons in the fire. People are totally going to report back to me any second and let me know that it's not that our parents were trying to steal your powers because they're afraid of you because you're a freak. Yeah, I, I don't. Speaking of lies that are unnecessary. Speaking of lies that are unnecessary and will only serve to turn the people you're lying to against you when they find out about them. Like, this whole thing where she's like, oh yeah, I looked around and I couldn't find anything about her parents, but I talked to some people. Her whole mission was stupid in the first place. Yeah, like, what did she think she was going to find? If her parents had some secret love for Elsa in their heart that they weren't telling people, it's not like you could necessarily track their steps in the Enchanted Forest and find that out. Especially considering you were going undercover for no reason. Oh, let's leave that stupidness aside. But I mean, also, why would your mom be lying in her diary about wanting to get rid of Elsa's powers? This whole mission was dumb, and you had no right to assume it would turn out any way other than the way it turned out. But Anna, very quickly trying to change the subject, is like, "Hey, I noticed you didn't freak out and murder everyone in the kingdom with your ice powers. What's up with that?" And Elsa's like, well, I've been training with someone. And she gestures to the Snow Queen. Yep. The Snow Queen, who this episode we will learn's name is Ingrid. I like that. Ingrid. Yeah, it works. And Anna's like, who the fuck is this and what is she doing in my house? Well, we know she's super rude to people, especially when she first meets them, because she doesn't have any um, home training. Yeah, she's very poorly socialized. But she is really rude to uh, the Snow Queen right out of the gate. Especially when the Snow Queen's like, hi, I'm your aunt. Many years ago, I got, you know, the reason you don't know me is because I was sealed away in a magical urn by people who were afraid of my ice powers. You know, like how people were afraid of your sister's ice powers, but she found me and now we're helping each other out. I mean, yeah, it's kind of exposition-y, but that is more or less what happened. Yeah, that's, yeah, weirdly, the Ice Queen is completely telling them the truth. Yeah, and she's like, I'm glad to see you. I'm, I'm glad to have family. Give me a hug. And Anna's like, uh... Okay, can I just be annoyed for a second at the fact that the Ice Queen is telling the truth? Yeah, go oh, for it. Okay, the Ice Queen's plan is so dumb in Storybrook. All she wanted was for people to, like, like her. And I was reading X-Man uh, this morning. Wow, <laughs> Yes. And there's a scene where Nate Gray, who is not from our timeline, shows up in the timeline and he's, like, working on a yacht because... Why not? Yeah, because 
Yeah. So he's working on a yacht, which, side note, is drawn like a sailboat, and it drove me crazy because they keep calling it a yacht, but it's drawn like a sailboat, and there's no way that as many people as are supposed to be on that boat are on that boat. Anyway, Evil Beast shows up and is like, Nate Gray, you're a mutant like me, and then he grabs this woman, and he's like, holding her up in the air by her neck, and is like, we're mutants, people hate and fear us. Use your powers to look at her mind and how much she hates and fears me right now. In all fairness, the Nate Gray book is deeply, deeply terrible. But that's exactly what's happening right now. Ingrid's showing up and, like, attacking people and being like, why is everyone so afraid of me? When you finally found a place where if you were just nice, people would want to be your family. Look at how much people want to be Regina's family, and she killed, like, a shit ton of people. I'm going to defend Ingrid in the flashback, not in current story, Brooke. Okay. But in the flashback, she... After she's like, Anna, it's so nice to meet you. I'm your aunt. Let's be a happy family. Anna immediately runs to Kristoff and she's like, I don't like her. I don't trust her. I want that freak out of my house. I don't want her talking to my sister. I'm going to find out who she is and what she's really up to. And then I'm going to murder her. Yeah, that's true. Anna's kind of being a grade A bitch right now. Although I do like the fact that the Sven puppet is in this scene, but it is not focused on at all. Yeah, it's just like... The antlers are between Anna and Kristoff, but we can't really see the rest of the puppet. I'm I'm for that. One of Anna's things is like, we don't know who she is. She could be lying. She could not be our aunt. And Kristoff's like, well, she looks exactly like you guys. And also she has ice powers, so she's probably your aunt. And Anna's like, if she's, if she's really our aunt, why isn't she in our family portraits? Our family's not known for keeping secrets or anything. <laughs> right? And it's like, I don't know, have you not seen Sirius Black's family tree and how his mom, like, blasted everyone off of the family tree because they were good? It's probably something like that. Yeah, it's not like your mom literally had your memory erased as a child, speaking of. Well, okay, now I feel bad being irritated by Anna because maybe Anna's not that smart because the trolls keep fucking with her memory. Is this going to be like Tabla Rosa on Buffy, where whenever she has a fight with Kristoff, like, the trolls show up and, like, erase the fight from her memory? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, those trolls are so evil! Well, Kristoff sort of changes the subject. Uh, he's like, so did you tell Elsa about what you found out about your parents? And she's like, no, I didn't tell her. Uh, right now, it would just make her upset at my parents. But if I withhold it, you know, if I keep it secret and then she finds out later, then I'll have betrayed her. So I'm just going to hold off until then. Yeah, she's like, I'm just going to keep lying to my sister. Now, I'm going to go on a mission to the trolls and find out what's going on with this woman because clearly my mother would have never lied to me about having a sister. Mm, mm, mm. She's going, oh, and she is going to stop at Oaken, who you might remember as ambiguously the first gay Disney movie character. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Oaken, the first ambiguously gay Disney character. I mean, first of all... Uh, the first allegedly canonically gay Disney character. Disney's been queer coding its villains for God knows how long. That, it, that was, in fact, going to be my first point. But also, it makes me super angry that... Disney wants to kind of have its cake and eat it too, you know? It wants to be ambiguous about whether or not Oaken has a husband, but but not confirm it so that they can get the liberal cred, but not piss off one million moms. And it's like, you know what? Archie has the courage of their convictions, Disney. I think you can handle it. Even in the Frozen short that they did before Coco, they continued with this kind of like baity 
ooh, maybe this is his husband, maybe it's not thing. And it makes me sad. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, sure, it was at the end and it was a gag, but Laika had some serious balls to put a canonically stated in text, not just hinted at gay character in one of their movies. Well, Laika's better than Disney at everything, so... No, I mean, they are. Well, except... the trolls. I... Oh, damn, I forgot. I forgot about box trolls. Now I'm having trouble with uh, Laika. I'm gonna... Let's move on. Every, everything is terrible. Let's move on. It's like 27... How, what, what year did that come out? Like 2015? Mm. I, oh. So Anna's off to see Grand Poppy, and she's going to ask him what the deal is with the Snow Queen, who was listening in on the conversation. Nah! It's funny because we cut from the Snow Queen lurking and listening to Anna and Kristoff's conversation to the Snow Queen lurking in the woods in Storybook next to the ice cream truck. Which she has done a terrible job hiding. She's like thrown a few branches over the roof. The merry men have ambiguously found it. I don't get why people think backup is a good idea in this situation. Because... Again, pointy wooden sticks, not effective against magic. All you're doing is giving her hostages slash victims. Oh, see, that's funny because what I was going to say is you're giving her more targets so that she's focusing on one person while you come up behind her with a pointy stick. Uh, Okay, I suppose I see that. And the merry men are basically cannon fodder. Absolutely. Uh, Let's pause for a second, though, and talk about how Regina is back on point in the sartorial realm. Oh, yeah. I love her outfit here. She's got this, like, black shiny shirt, and it's got its collar kind of up, so which sort of suggests the Evil Queen aesthetic, even though she's... It's like she's casually cosplaying the Evil Queen. Yes. And she's back to a gray suit, a structured gray suit. She was wearing really unstructured outfits last episode. It was not good for her. But she's back to a structured gray suit, and the suit... Jacket is long, and I love it. It looks so good. Plus, her hair is very Mary Tyler Moore here. It's. I think the actress's hair has grown out a little, so now it's doing a cute little flip thing, and I'm here for it. It looks great. Robin Hood comes up to, you know, he's like, we've secured the perimeter, and she's like, shut up, I'm raiding an evil ice cream truck. And she dismisses Hook as Captain Guyliner in this, uh-huh. because she's like, I don't need Captain Guyliner just need me and Emma. Although, I mean... That's right. Maybe this time they won't immediately just get forced choked out of the fight. That, that would be good. Uh, anyway, the ice cream truck appears to be empty on the inside, which... Yeah, of course. I mean, what even goes in an ice cream truck when it's not running? Don't you clear out the ice cream at the end of the day? You, Otherwise it would melt, right? You'd think so. Unless you had magical ice powers. Yeah, I mean, she just shoots the ice cream out of her body. Why would... Which probably isn't sanitary. It's absolutely not sanitary, but now I'm thinking about the fact that ice cream trucks existed for so long before we started doing other food trucks. Mm. That's weird, isn't it? I wonder if it has to do with the whole ice truck thing, you know, the ice delivery thing. Oh, because I was actually thinking it must be so much harder to keep a truck cool than to put a grill inside of a truck. So Regina's like, well, this was a bust. What are we going to do now? Interviewer cows, which... I mean, it's not the worst idea in the world, actually. A cow a, a cow told them that uh, yeah. the Snow Queen committed murder. Well, I mean, 
Actually, this would be really good because we know that Rumple knows what's going on with the Snow Queen. So you could have Rumple go and pretend to talk to a cow and then just tell you what's going on. Or lie to you like he always does because the show is filled with liars. Unfortunately, we don't get that because Emma discovers a locked freezer. Which is a weird thing. Um, I mean, am I reading too much into it to think that this is a reference to the first plot of Fables? Yes, probably, but you should talk about that. You should read the first Fables book. Anyone should read the first Fables book because although Fables does have this giant overarching story, you can read the first trade on its own and have a really good self-contained detective story. So as we talked about during season one, when Once Upon a Time first came out, it was accused of ripping off Fables. Although, I mean, fairy tale characters in the real world, that's... It's not... It's not a new concept. Yeah, we're not really breaking new ground here. It's in the storytelling, which season one of Once Upon a Time and Fables at the beginning both did really well. They did kind of lean into the Fables plagiarism accusation because, as we talked about at the time, they were they were doing a fake out with Graham being the big bad wolf, which really relied on people being familiar with Fables where the sheriff is, in fact, the big bad wolf. Also, one of the things in that first arc of fables is that rose red had a lock on her freezer and here emma's like wait why would you lock up a freezer not so that you could have uh not so that you can hide bags of your own blood that you've been taking over the course of months so you can fake your own death yeah no in this case it's um to hide paperwork it's to hide paperwork about emma it's to hide your emma brag book yeah Anyway, back with Watchers Jr. Elsa's disappointed she hasn't been able to find more about Anna being alive, and Belle reminds her that she knows that Anna's alive because of the heartbeat that she heard in Little Bo Beep's uh, Shepherd's Crook. And Elsa's like, oh god, I forgot that was a plot line on this. I know, I can't believe the show wanted to remind us that that was a plot. But Belle tells her that her sister wouldn't want her to lose hope, and Elsa says... Well, you claim that you've never met my sister. How would you know how infuriatingly optimistic she is? And Belle's like, um, this is just a thing people say. I'm just, I'm just using, an, I'm just saying one of the trite things people say, like, I'll call you or... Everything happens for a reason. Except she doesn't say that. Instead, she's all like, um, I, I feel like I know her because of how much you talk about her. People on television are terrible at lying. Yeah. So... Elsa's freaking out because no one in the town's ever been to Arendelle, no one's met Anna, she's never going to see Anna again, no one knows Anna, which is sort of ignoring the fact that David, A, has been to Arendelle, and B... Has David told Elsa this? He he told her about Anna, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, during the episode where they got the shepherd's crook. Yeah, okay. Yeah, she's she's really down considering how much progress they've actually made. This whole thing is just so Belle can have, you know, concerned I have a secret face whenever Anna's name is mentioned. So, in the past in Arendelle, you know how we were giving the show a lot of credit for finding an actor who looked legitimately exactly like Hans, if Hans was a real person? Yeah, and also there, Anna and Elsa are are pretty spot on as well. Yeah, not so much their Thor and Oaken shield here. Yeah, yeah, Thor and Oakenshield. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, Oaken is not great. And the thing is, if you know, if you remember the character design from the Frozen movie, 
This character has the same facial hair and the same costume. R.I.P. the costume designer's ability to work. And... These things look very different on a... Tiny man. I mean, he's not tiny. He's he's normal-sized. But he's not the, like, giant barrel-chested Bruce Campbell chin-having guy from the... Yeah, it takes... It takes an extraordinary chin to pull off the facial hair that they want him to have. And this guy's chin is merely okay. To his credit, he looks like a shopkeeper you would run into in an RPG. He just doesn't look like the character from the movie. And yet they perversely are putting him in the exact same outfit. He's being sort of purposely obtuse to Belle. Like, he tells her that the rock trolls are nice, and she's like, oh, do you know where they are? And he's like, oh, no, I've never met them. And she's like, but you said that they were nice. And he's like, oh, I heard that. And like, you're just wasting her time. I think he's trying to subtly discourage her from going to see the trolls because they're obviously evil. See, Oki can't tell her explicitly to not go see the rock trolls because they have ears everywhere and they will send him to the cornfield if they hear him talking bad. But... Belle mentions, she's like, I need to see them because my mother's dead. And he's like, yeah, they're not... Like, they don't make zombies. They just do memory stuff. And Anna's like, did I hear someone say dead, mom? Speaking of ears everywhere. Yeah. Anna sort of... Smacked. She's like, Oaken means well, but he's a total fucking idiot. I'm going to see the rock trolls. Why don't you come with me? Yep. Yep. And and Oaken tries to get them both into the sauna. He's like, it's half price if the two of you go together. And I suddenly have a theory about Oaken's mountain jerky. Dear God! We didn't mention it, but... Oaken seems really big into getting Belle into the sauna throughout the scene. He keeps bringing it up, and it's real creepy. Oh my god! You're just, like, throwing out these Oaken is a cannibal accusations. Oh. Hey, it's not textually stated that he's not. Well played. Well played. Anyway, they go off to see the rock trolls, and don't get turned into jerky. So, back in Storybrooke, Robin is trying to have a relationship talk with Regina, and she is not having any of it. Yeah, he's like, look at my outfit. I'm clearly over you. That's why I'm dressing so nice now. And he's all like, wait, I'm so conflicted because I love you and I have a wife. And she's like, oh my god, this sounds like your problem. I'm just saying, if Robin had really loved Regina, maybe he'd stop putting her in this awkward situation. But she, uh, she breaks his wee little heart and yeah, by whatever. telling him to go back to his wife. Is this season one again? Because uh, we got a whole David, Catherine, Mary, Margaret thing going on here. Yeah, yeah, we really do. Okay, so now is one of the stupider parts of this show. Although... Uh, 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 although the stupidity is undercut by how fucking boss Elizabeth Mitchell looks... Wearing her Snow Queen outfit, casually leaning against a tree. I know, and I know I keep going back and forth on this outfit. I honestly don't think it's very good, but Elizabeth Mitchell can pull it off. Just that casual lean, she looks so good. Okay, I think, especially because we can compare her to the actress playing Elsa and see the two of them wearing very similar outfits, that Elizabeth Mitchell just knows how to move in this outfit in a way that is not necessarily... 
the credit of the outfit, but purely of the human inside of it. Because she moves in it way better than Elsa moves in her Party City Elsa dress. Not just moving, but like the way she holds herself in it. She's got this very regal bearing. Yes, absolutely. Especially at this moment. Um, But also with the train. Like she knows how to make the train look cool when she's moving. So this is a villain off between the Snow Queen and Rumpel. And it is really boring and pointless. And it's basically that scene from Friends where... Uh, she knows I know, you know, she knows. But she doesn't know that we know that you know that we know. It's just that she's like, I've got a plan. I'm brewing a plan. I've got a plan. And he's like, well, I'm going to stop your plan. And I know about your plan, but maybe I can help you with your plan. And she's like, I don't need your help. There's nothing you can do to stop me. My plan's going to happen no matter what. I mean, this scene is really just dropped in so that we, the audience, don't forget that the two of them have some secret separate from what's going on in the main plot with trying to track her down. You know what would be great right now? If Anna had ordered him to not kill any member of her family. Yeah, yeah, that thing we brought up earlier, because as it is, she says, like, you have no leverage over me, and he could just kill her. That's something he's capable of doing. That would be leverage. Yeah, that's, that's what leverage is. But... As it is, she's just like, I'm going to do whatever uh, I want, and there's nothing you can do to stop me except kill me, but it's not the end of the season yet, so you can't do that. Ugh. Is my opinion of this scene. So, back in Rumpel's shop, Belle's tearing through uh, the closet looking for... She's looking for a pickaxe, because all of her guilt reminded her that she had a pickaxe that belonged to... Well, I mean, it was her pickaxe. Yeah, I guess Anna bought it for her? No, she had it when she walked into Oaken's shop. Okay, yeah, I have no idea why she thinks this pickaxe is going to lead her to Anna. But she has the pickaxe uh, She has the pickaxe and the flashback with Anna, where the two of them are bonding over... Dead moms. Yeah. Bonding over dead moms. Um, now, we actually have a disagreement here. Okay. About Belle's outfit. Okay, I like Belle's outfit for the most part. I really hate the way it ends in this, like, wide, jagged cut at the bottom. Yeah, it ends in the kind of triangles that you use in cartoons to signify that something is ripped off, but it's actually very, uh, but but it's actually a pattern. It's a, it's cut into a pattern. Um, it's cut into a series of wide, sharp points. Yeah, and I think it's, I don't mind that part. It's not the best part of the outfit, I know the shoulder thing's the best part of the outfit. I love the kind of... Yeah, she's got like a little capelet on. It's a white outfit and it really reminds me of Snow White's bandit outfit. Although I I think I like it better. Oh, really? Um, Snow White's bandit outfit had a lot of great detailing in it that this does not. But I don't know. I just think Belle looks super great in this outfit. This looks actually pretty comfortable too. Which was one of the things we really loved about the bandit outfit. You know, I really feel like the costumers went all out on... Belle's outfit because they were so not allowed any creativity on the other outfits. But Belle and Anna are talking about dead moms and Belle's like, at least you know how your mom died. I have no memories. You were being attacked by ogres and then you can't remember anything. I think you can put two and two together. Also, how is Belle's thing any different from Anna's thing? Like, she doesn't remember physically seeing her mother die, but Anna didn't see her mother drown. Yeah, it's... Weird. It's weird. So 
in order to get to see the uh, trolls, they have to climb up a cliff. The Cliffs of Insanity. No, not really. That's from Princess Bride. So Anna just kind of jacks Belle's hook and runs directly into the side of the mountain and falls over because Anna is massively incompetent. She really is. I mean, it's crazy how much raising someone as a royal and not letting them do anything ever leads them completely unprepared for the real world. But what this act of clumsiness really serves to show is uh, the hat, which rolls out of Anna's back. And Belle asks her what it is. And she's like, oh, it's a hat that sucks up magic. I got it from this dark sorcerer you better hope you never meet. Oh, look at that. Irony. Because... The world's so funny when you know the future. So back in Storybrooke, Rumple runs into the shop and Belle is just standing in the shop wielding the pickaxe. Yeah. In the dark. There were no lights on. And she's like, hey, I need to find the Snow Queen to assuage my guilt about this thing that I'm keeping secret for no reason. And Rumpel's like, that sounds like a really, really stupid idea. And then Belle's like, would it sound like a really stupid idea if I overrode your free will with this dagger? Yeah, see, this is what I'm saying. I mean, I know Rumpel's a villain and bad and that's not even the real dagger, but not cool. Not cool, Belle. Also not cool is how incredibly quickly she jumps to this. I mean, she goes from zero to using the Dark One Dagger like that. I mean, look, I'm not on Rumpel's side per se, as is well documented on this podcast, but you can't be with someone who's going to use your magical dagger on you. That's just a fact. Right? It's just, it's such a dick move. But she's using the dagger to make him take her to the Snow Queen. Okay, okay. What? What is, I mean, it works, right? It works. So, what? I don't know. Like, there are two things I, look, I genuinely don't understand how they're finding the Snow Queen at this point. There are two possibilities. Somehow, that pickaxe is in fact a locator spell to the Snow Queen, which makes zero sense. Or just ordering him to do something with the dagger makes him do it, even if it's a thing you couldn't previously do. In which case, maybe they should be using that dagger more. Like, not necessarily against his will. Like, maybe he can be like, oh, why don't you use the dagger to be like, Rumpel, I order you to be taller and stronger so that you can beat up David. Like... If that if it does that, then maybe they should be using it more often. I'm just saying, like, if they're going to use locator spells, which they should be using because she may have a, a band. She, they say she cleared out her house and her ice cream shop, but they clearly have stuff that belongs to her. If they're going to use locator, if they're going to be looking for her, they should be using locator spells. It's, it's, uh, this show, Max. So speaking of stuff in her truck, Emma and Hook start talking about childhood trauma because Emma's really freaked out by the fact that she apparently spent a lot of time with this woman and she apparently had this really deep relationship with her. And uh, Hook hints at his own childhood trauma, which we will learn about soon and will completely make no sense with what we already know about Hook, but that's okay. That's that's for talking about then. Spoiler alert, Hook has daddy issues. What? On this show? That's so unusual. Anyway, Emma's looking at all of the... It's like all of her old art projects and essays from school, and there's a letter she wrote to the Snow Queen telling her how much he loved her. Yeah, she wrote 
in the card, thanks for being the family I never had, which is so sweet and also exactly what the Snow Queen wants. And my God, her plan is dumb. Like, Emma already loved you. Just unerase that memory and stop killing people. Yeah, literally the only thing the Snow Queen has to do in order to get her goal is nothing. The Snow Queen really, really gets in her own way. Which is weird because there's a character who has a motivation I like, who has a backstory I like. Played by an actress you like. But it all falls apart in the execution, which I feel like could be the tagline for Once Upon a Time in general. (laughs) It all falls apart in the execution. Yeah. Anyway, amongst her things, they also find a scroll. So it must be a magic spell. Written in runic, which, you know. Isn't just a language. It's a spell language. Well, but also it's the Arendelle language. Yes. So we'll have to wait till they're back with Elsa to get that translated. Anyway, back with Rumbel. Jesus. I do kind of, I really like Belle's outfit here. It's not like fancy, her real world outfit. I just like that scarf in combination with that kind of fur hood. Yeah. So talking about Belle's outfits, which are pretty consistently on point. And remember how last season her Breaking Bad plot almost seemed to be playing out in her costuming. Mm -hmm. And my previous theory about the fact that she's wearing blue when things are bad with Rumpel and yellow when things are good with Rumpel. And I do just want to point out that she's wearing blue in most of this flashback, but then we know that she changes into the yellow dress right before she meets him. Just putting that out there. I think Belle might be the costumer's favorite character. I I see that. I mean, that yellow dress she had on a few... When she found Will Scarlet drunk in the... Uh... Oh, yeah, that looked great. Yeah. And I... that was just for, like, one scene. They had one scene where she finds a drunk guy, and they put her in this amazing outfit. Yeah, I think that she is the costumer's favorite character, or perhaps that actress is their favorite person. Hmm. So, Belle's going to... Like, Belle's at the mouth of the Ice Queen's ice cave. She starts talking about the sorcerer's hat how it can suck up magic, and how she knows the Snow Queen has it, so she's going to get it and then use it to suck out the Snow Queen's powers, blah, blah, blah. Okay, it's a pretty big leap to think that just because you saw the Snow Queen with it for, like, a second hundreds of years ago, she still has it. That kind of magical device, I'm sure, gets passed around a lot. Yeah. Rumpel has a thing with her where he's like, you're going through a lot of trouble to help out a stranger. So, Belle is sick of Rumpel not supporting her, and she uses the dagger to order him to keep watch. Mm. Keep watch. And uh, This isn't a super specifically worded thing. I could see him getting around it. Oh, totally. Although it reminds me of this scene from uh, the Spider Robinson books. Uh, Spider Robinson's a sci-fi writer, and he has this one book where a character has a device that makes people do whatever you order them to do. And so... People are working around that, and so she orders everybody to interpret her words the way they know she means them and not ironically. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. So Anna calls out to her soon-to-be-in-law, and since there's, since they're only willing to animate like one troll at a time, he rolls up. Actually, I think he's the only troll that's ever been animated. I don't think we see any of the others in mm. this se- in this season. And he's like, hey, why haven't you married my son, thus linking me to the royal family yet? Yep. Because you know the only reason they stole Kristoff is so that they could get into the royal family. That is some really advanced thinking. Anyway, 
Belle's all like, um, can you restore my memory of my mother being horribly, horribly murdered? He sucks out the memory and forms it into a pebble, which she has to drink with tea in order to get the memory back. Yeah, she has to brew the tea out of the pebble. He's just fucking with her. He totally could have given her the memory back. Yeah. Yeah, it it seems super unnecessary. Because he sucked the memory out. It's right there. Anyway, now it's Anna's turn. Yeah, <laughs> it's time for backstory 2.0. Yeah, Anna's all like, hey, this woman showed up and... She's a freak and I hate her and I need you to tell me that she's evil so I'll be morally justified in killing her. And the story that he tells, I mean, Anna interprets it as Ingrid is evil, but... That's really not... Okay, let's let's sum up what Grand Poppy tells her. She's okay. like, Your mother didn't have one sister. She had two. One day, both of the girls disappeared. Your grandparents asked me to make everyone in the kingdom forget. They scrubbed all the land of any trace of either sister. Okay, can I just point out... Your mother, the queen, was the youngest was the of youngest. these three sisters. She was the youngest. She had two older sisters who one day mysteriously vanished. Yeah, and then I made it so that no one even remembered they existed. Boy, it really, really sounds like Anna's mom killed her two older sisters so she could become queen. Which... I mean... But Anna interprets it as, Oh, Ingrid, the Ice Queen, must have done something to the other sister, and then question mark profit? Okay, to be fair... It's correct. That is what happened. But it's quite a leap for Anna to make. With the information provided to her. I mean, okay, so that that's bad. That, that That is bad. But also, isn't it a little weird that the parents were like, oh, we don't know where our daughters are. Let's just make everyone forget them so that no one's sad anymore. Like. That's really messed up. That's its own fucked up, right? And Grandpappy tells her, she's he's like, if you want more information about what happened, you'll have to ask your aunt. And Aunt's like, but how can I trust what she says when she's obviously lying? She, she hasn't lied about anything. Yeah. Well, I mean. She, you don't know that she's lied about anything. No, I don't think she's actually lied about anything. She hasn't given her the full truth. But... I mean, she didn't tell her that she killed her sister. No. I mean, that's a pretty big... Normally, I'm not one of these like, oh, that's a lie by omission people, but that's a pretty big omission. And Everything she said was technically true, though. The best kind of true. But I really feel like a lot of problems could have been avoided if when she sat down to start training Elsa, she was like, look, controlling your powers is important. It took me a long time to learn how to do it. Tragically, my sister died because I couldn't control my powers. You know, the way you almost killed your sister. So you understand and you know that this is my dark tragedy and I learned to control it and I can teach you to control it and maybe in that way make up for my sister dying. And I'm basically just rogue and everyone loves rogue. Yeah, seriously, this is a very easy problem. <laughs> and that wouldn't even be a lie. She wouldn't be lying to say that. And then everyone would be fine with her. What the fuck, Ingrid? You, Ingrid gets in her own way. Yeah, she does. 
She could really easily get what she wanted if only she was upfront and honest about stuff. Do you think maybe that's the larger lesson of this season? Because... It's a lesson nobody in the show learns then. But it's not like people in the real world don't do the same thing. So, you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's a bigger lesson for the kids. In the ice, the ice cave, which has lit candles in it, which seems odd, but okay. I mean... It's got ice furniture, and the ice furniture has candles on it, and those candles are lit. Maybe it's ice flames. It's like cold flame. So a voice is calling out to Belle from behind a uh, cloth, a drop cloth, and Belle pulls the drop cloth off to find her perky evil self in a mirror. Oh my god. Okay, so we saw at the end of last episode, we saw Ingrid finish making the mirror with Regina's compact. And now we know she has an evil mirror, but we don't know what the evil mirror does until now. I mean, unless you've already read the story of the Ice Queen, which I should throw out there. You can listen to me reading to you if you are a patron in our patron lounge. But yeah, the mirror. Oh my God. I love this mirror so much. She's being really friendly to Belle. So I guess what happens next will be a swerve unless you're familiar with the story. But can I just say, I think I just realized something. I think perky bitch is kind of my aesthetic, and I think that's why I love the mirror so much. Look, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying is the call of the perky bitch. Ah. So, as they're traveling down the mountain, a storm shows up, except it's not storm. Ah! It's the Ice Queen. Well, I mean, again, this is a thing where, like, there's a storm off in the distance, and it's almost going to knock him off the mountain. And Anna's like, oh, it must be my evil aunt. And that's, it's true. But that's quite a leap, Anna. Weather happens. Jesus. Did a dog tell you it was your aunt? But she conspicuously takes out the hat so that she can use it on her aunt. But the wind knocks them both over. It specifically knocks Anna off the edge of the cliff. And the tea stone with Belle's memory in the opposite direction. Right. So now, now Belle has to make a choice. She can get her tea stone and remember watching her mother die, or she can save Anna, another human being. Or she can do what she actually does, which is neither. While reaching for the tea stone, she accidentally knocks it off the cliff and it shatters. And then she runs over to save Anna, but she's too late because she spent all that time reaching for the tea stone. Yeah, that's what happens. And Anna falls like 7,000 feet off the cliff. Yep, she's definitely dead. Except she's not because we know that Anna also has a superpower, which is super strength, which tends to come with increased resilience. Not always, but often. Anyway, she's lying there dead, and the Snow Queen shows up and is like, oh, I'm just going to take this hat. And and this unconscious girl. And Belle yells from the top of this 7,000-foot cliff, leave her alone. And Ingrid's like, there's no way I should be able to hear you, but apparently I did. This is family business. Which is the name of the episode, so take a drink. And she ice teleports away because, with Anna. Because ice teleportation is a thing. Yep. Just like ice weather control. Although, honestly, ice weather control makes more sense than ice teleportation. Yeah. So, back in the ice cave in Storybrooke, evil Mirror Bell is being awesome in deconstructing Bell. Yeah, she's like, um, you're really dumb to believe anything Rumple tells you. Also, you think you're a hero and you're way, way not. The only reason you're doing this is because you feel guilty because you let Anna fall off that cliff. 
you're really stupid, your butt looks huge in those pants, and also your husband only married you because you're weak and easy to manipulate. I mean, I'm just saying. It's not wrong. Yeah. I mean, her butt looks fantastic in those pants. Well, yes, of course. And to be fair, that's not actually something the mirror says because that's the thing about the perky bitch. The perky bitch takes great joy in telling you the truth. You can hurt more with truth than with lies. Right. That's the thing about the mirror of shattered sight, which is what this is. It doesn't tell you uncomfortable truth so much as it sort of... Well, in the fairy tale, and I believe in this, and I believe in this show as well, what the mirror of shattered sight does is let you only see the bad. It doesn't make up the bad, but it only lets you see the bad. So the mirror of shattered sight would tell you Rumpelstiltskin is an evil bastard who's manipulating you. And not also, he does also love you. Although really, someone needs to be a friend to Belle and tell her not to be with the Dark One. But that's a whole other story. Just saying. Yeah. But the mirror is very much deconstructing her relationship with Rumpel. It's like, you know that that's not the real Dagbert. Yeah, I think somewhere in her heart she does know that. And of course, Rumpel comes running in. And Belle fucking stabs him. Yeah, she does. With the dagger, the one thing that can kill him. Not fatally, mind you. She just kind of cuts him across the face, and then he uh, regular teleports her out of there. Dark one teleports. Dark teleports. Anyway, she's like, um, the mirror was telling me the dagger is fake, and then you came running in after I told you not to, so... And he's like, uh, uh, technically you just told me to keep guard, and the Snow Queen was coming, so I figured I should come get you, and... That's how you keep guard? Yeah. Yeah, and now Belle just feels really shitty, which, eh. It would, see, I feel split about this because I feel like it would have been a really interesting plot thing if she had stabbed Rumple in this scene and become the Dark One herself. God damn, why isn't this show doing the cool things it should be doing? Yeah, an alternate take on this is we would have had a Dark One who couldn't just stop the Ice Queen because she doesn't know how to use her powers. And we could have still had Robert Carlyle because, as we'll find out later, the Dark One has a psychic connection with all previous Dark Ones, like the Avatar. It would have been like in Battlestar Galactica with Trisha Helfer as Head Six. Ugh. Also, I just I just now realized what Belle and Rumpel's relationship reminds me of. What? Okay, so a lot of people, especially in later seasons when Belle does some other real lacy shit, start to really criticize her and the way she treats uh, Rumpel. And that always bothered me because, you know, he killed his first wife and is an evil bastard. He's, and he's used magic to manipulate her in very uncomfortable ways. But she is bad. Like, she really shouldn't be using the dagger to manipulate him. She shouldn't be with him, but she shouldn't be using the dagger on him. That's not okay either. And I realized this reminds me of the relationship that Wasp and Ant-Man have in the Ultimates. Uh. So I don't like the Ultimates because I'm really done with superhero stories that are dark for no reason. And the Ultimates is way, way that. But it starts off with Hank being really abusive to Janet. Like, unforgivably abusive. And then as the issues go on, we see that she's also really physically abusive to him because she can hold her own. And it's like, oh, they just shouldn't be married to each other. Maybe they should just both be away. 
I thought you were going to bring up the fact that in the 616 timeline, uh, she married him while he was having a mental breakdown and didn't know who he was. No, I wasn't going to bring that up, but that did happen. Yeah, their relationship, let, let's put this out there, Hank is the bad guy in their relationship. Oh, totally. Hank was abusive to her, and they're a couple that should not be together. With the exception of, I think, maybe the Marvel Adventures universe, there is no point where... Hank is the good guy? Oh, I was going to say they should be together at all. Oh, yeah. The main reason he was attracted to her in the first place, although he... This is the main reason he didn't want to date her is because... Because she looked like a 16-year-old version of his dead wife? Yeah. That's fucked up. I... Honestly, it's so smart that when they made the Ant-Man movie, they made it about Scott and not Hank. That was that was the best choice they ever made. Scott's your only choice if you're making an Ant-Man movie, though. Who are you going to make it about? Eric O'Grady? See, I think they could have made an Ant-Man movie about Hank if, obviously, they had made it about Marvel Adventures Hank. Which well, it, that really wouldn't have gone with the rest of the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe they're building, but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and you could still have my uh, ideal casting for Hank Pym, which is Patrick Wilson. Oh, yeah, I could see that. And you just play up the parts of Hank Pym that Marvel Adventures plays up, which is his, you know... Scienceiness? Oh, no. He's like this really neurotic person who's really worried about people not liking him. He's this, like, really self-conscious guy who's super underconfident. Oh, sure. I mean, if you make that who he is and then don't have him build a robot to attack his teammates so that he can be the hero and then fuck it up, or, you know, tell his wife that she can't be a superhero anymore because it makes him feel small, that's a fine character. See, that's the thing about Marvel Adventures Hank. He is the same character, just with uh, with different focuses on his issues. For example... He feels like he, he's not a good enough superhero, so what he does is he spends all of his time building stuff for Jan because he's like, you're obviously better at this than I am. I'm not going to be passive-aggressive and take it out on you. What I'm going to do is let you be the superhero in the relationship. See, that's nice. I think the real lesson here, though, is that no one should be modeling their relationships after anything they see in comic books or fairy tales. That's true. So... Yeah, Belle's really sorry for using the dagger to control Rumpel's mind, which, as I pointed out, is not cool. It's not cool. Mind control, bad. Mind control, always bad. Again, Tabla Rosa. Yes. Mind control is always bad. With the possible exception of somebody asking you to control their mind for therapeutic reasons. Yes. She says, the mirror told me all of these lies, like how I'm useless and how you gave me a fake dagger. And Rumpel's like, yeah, lies. <laughs> yeah. And then she's all like, now I have to tell you my terrible dark secret. And Rumpel's like, oh, I'm here for this. And then she's like, I actually met Anna once. Yeah, she's like, I'm the reason Anna's missing. You're not. You were there when someone else kidnapped her. A hundred years ago. She could have been found and kidnapped like ten times since then. Also, logically, she should have been dead, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you know she's alive and you saw her pretty fatally fall off the cliff. So clearly other stuff happened. There were intervening incidents between then and now. God. But Rumpel forgives her? Yeah, whatever. That's what manipulators do. They make you apologize and then they forgive you. I mean, she did stab him. And mind control him. She, yeah. Later on, people who are Rumbell shippers get really mad about her. 
I'm actually on her side with that one. The fact that you uh, believed the blue fairy. Is a whole other issue. But there the problem was believing the blue fairy. Not So in the flashback, Belle returns home to tell her dad that she didn't accomplish anything. Which is funny because this really mirrors the first scene with Anna where she was returning to tell Elsa that she hadn't done anything. Yeah, her dad's like, did you find what you were looking for? And she's like, no, not really. You were right. And he's like, yep, I sure was. Not only was I right, but now the ogres are at the gate. And she's like, what? I didn't realize the ogres had made it this far, even though they had breached your other castle and killed your mom. Obviously, they had made it that far. Right, so clearly, maybe that was... Were they in like a country castle or something? Maybe those were advanced scouts? I don't know. But this is all just leading into the uh, first Bell episode where, you know, she meets with Rumple and she's like, take me and save my kingdom. Because you will remember, Anna told her about a dark wizard. So she's like, ah, clearly that's our answer. A dark wizard. It's weird that she didn't know about him before, considering that he lives in their land. It's weird that she jumps right to, let's go to a dark wizard. Yeah, I mean, is Merlin still around at this point? No, Merlin's... Yes! Yes, Merlin is around! Because... Cora kills Merlin after the curse. Cora killed Merlin after the first curse. After the curse... Remember when they go back and they find the part of the world that was untouched by the curse? And Cora is pretending to be Merlin? Lancelot. Oh, fuck. I don't know where Merlin is. I was thinking of Lancelot. Yeah. I have no idea where Merlin is at this point. I'm just saying, there are people who do light magic out in the world. That could probably help you out. Hey, what's the blue fairy up to? Maybe this kingdom is super evil and no one wants to help them. We just don't see any of that. Yeah, I mean, apparently, apparently Belle's dad didn't have any issues with the Duke conscripting 14-year-olds into his army. Yeah, also the king didn't have any problem with throwing Belle over the town line to erase her memory. Which, as we just stated is pretty much always bad. That's where Belle gets it from. See, Belle is not as good as she makes out that she is. Just saying. But yeah, she's going to make the ultimate sacrifice and sell herself to the Dark One. Although she doesn't know that's what's going to be asked of her. Yeah. Which is weird because she's talking right now like she does. She's like, I'm going to be a hero. But in that flashback, she didn't know that that's what he was going to ask of her. Yeah. And... Belle's dad's looking all proud at her because she's like, I'm going to sacrifice myself to the Dark One so that our kingdom will be saved. And he's like, that's my girl, even though he's going to be super against that when the actual episode comes up. And also, that's not what they knew, but whatever. I would really, really love to cut all of these episodes into continuity so that we were watching them in order just to see how little sense it makes. I've said this before, like... What I would really, really love is a chronological cut of Once Upon a Time. Oh my god, that would be amazing. It would be impossible, but... I think maybe I will work on that project um, after we're done with this podcast. You know, when we when we have watched every episode of Once Upon a Time? When we have infinite free time. It'll be what I do with my retirement. So, back in the Ice Queen's Ice Cave in the modern day... Uh, Rumpel's like, haha, now I have leverage, blah, 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 which... What? What? Why? 
Yeah, and he gives her a warning. She's like, I have to warn you, if you do your plan, I'm going to stop you. And she's like, well, I'm going to warn you that I'm going to do my plan no matter what. And he's like, I'm going to warn you about your warning. I'm going to warn you about warning you me about my warning. It's, it's the two of them villain posturing at each other. And he bamps the hat into his hand and he's like, see, I've got the hat. Leave Belle alone or I'll suck you into this hat. He had the hat before. Yeah, yeah. Did you just forget you had the hat in your first confrontation with her? Did you not realize that the hat that captures magical creatures might capture this magical creature? Also, you can stab her. Again, there's nothing stopping you from just straight up murdering this lady. I, uh... But it looks like she's lost her leverage, dearie. Because uh... literally nothing has changed since their last conversation. Anyway, back in the flashback, we see that after the Ice Queen ice teleported Anna away, apparently she was healed. Anna's better now, but she's also in a jail cell in the dungeon. Yeah, and the Snow Queen pulls out the hat and she's like, so I found this and it sort of looks like you were going to use this to suck away Elsa's magic. And Anna's like, no, I wasn't going to use it uh, to suck away Elsa's magic. I was going to use it on you. Yeah. Like the rock trolls told me what you've been hiding. You did, like, you did something to the other sister, which is kind of a leap in logic, although also true. I know, it's awkward. It's awkward that, it's awkward that we have to yell at Anna for faulty reasoning when she's reached the right conclusion. <laughs> but there we are. Once upon a time. Yeah. It's some Batman 66 levels of deduction. But Ingrid tells her, she's like, yeah, I don't believe you. You need to leave the past in the past. I was looking for a family. I thought I found it until you immediately tried to depower me. Also, here's a weird thing. Because I had two other sisters, I need two sisters. So I can't just get rid of you and then have Elsa. I need to have a third sister as well. Yeah, I don't get her weird obsession with having two magical sisters. Like, I get her wanting family, but she has this weird thing where she's like, I need two sisters to take the place of the sisters I lost. You're not one of the charmed ones, Ingrid. You don't need two other sisters to use the power of three. Yeah. 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 You know, that would have been another thing. If she had been evil and she was looking for two other magical women because she needed them to cast the curse of the Shattered Sight. They're so, she's so close to having a good and interesting plot. This plot is so close to working. And yet. And yet. So they find out in, back in Storybrooke in a genealogy book, they find out, you know. that They find out that Emma looks exactly like Helga, the dead sister. So, mm. I mean, well, as Hook points out, because Hook is doing our job. Hook is like, yeah, she's a blonde woman. There's a lot of blonde women about. As people who have seen Fuller House, we can attest to that. Yeah, there's a lot of blonde women around. Yeah, Fuller House expects you to keep track of a lot of different blonde women. No doubt. But they find out that she had two aunts, and one of them's the Snow Queen, and the other one's dead. And so clearly she wants Emma to be this third sister. And Elsa looks at the scroll that Emma found and reads it. It's a prophecy. And honestly, Uh... this prophet must have written it on a friday because he is phoning it in the savior's name is emma and she's gonna become ingrid's sister that's the prophecy i'm just saying it's no you know no man of woman born i was gonna say there's a lot of people named emma it's like consistently one of the most popular girls names in america and 
like the savior will become ingrid's sister and the whole thing is just stupid and that stupid thing is interrupted by the other stupid thing because Belle comes running in to let them know her dark secret that the ice queen has anna which i mean like i said a lot could have happened in the last hundred years the Snow Queen. Also, Belle tells them about the Snow Queen's mirror. Which is way more important. Yes. And how the mirror is part of an awful spell that Rumpel told Belle about called the Spell of Shattered Sight that basically makes everyone go. Did you ever see the movie The Crazies? I did not see the movie The Crazies, but um, as far as analogies for things, this is also very much what happens in the first season of Agent Carter. Ah. Uh. They have a gas that is basically the mirror of shattered sight or uh in that book crossed which is it's like a zombie book except everyone's still they're not like rotting and looking for flesh it just makes everyone's it pushes everyone's worst impulses to the forefront and apparently everyone wants to murder everyone else gotcha it's not a good book how come nobody ever gets that spell cast on them and then just sits on the couch and eats ice cream and binge watches netflix all day because i'm telling you if if I had the mask from the mask, yeah, I would just eat the, the comic book version, right? The comic book version, but the one that makes your worst impulses happen, I would just be like watching bad television, having uh, ill-advised sex, and eating food that's bad for me. Yeah, am I wearing the mask now? <laughs> yeah, the crust is one of those you know gore porn books that are so popular among certain people. I don't get the appeal of those, but. Whatever I, anyway, and it's not even like I have the super optimistic view of the pe- of people in general. I just don't think that that would be the first thing people would do if they lost all impulse control. Yeah, I'm with you. Anyway, the spell of shattered sight's gonna happen, and basically, it's gonna be purge night in Storybrooke. And Elsa and Emma realize that they are going to be excluded from the spell because the whole point will be to wipe out all of Storybrooke so that the three of them can be a family. Which, again, is a really dumb plan. It's so dumb. What if someone's worst impulse is to stab Emma or Elsa? Yeah, there are lots of people who don't like Emma and Elsa out there. It's... And the thing is, again, there's the roots of a good story here. It's just not coming out. Yeah, yeah. So, not a terrible episode. It just, we're, I feel like we're getting into the wheel spinning parts of the season. Yeah, we're getting into, well, so this is the good news. The good news is that we're getting into the part of this, well, not, not this part, not the part that we're getting into the part of the season that drags, which is true. But the good news is, since we are cutting seasons in half now, and we started that last season, um, oh my god. So I was about to say, since the good news is that since we're cutting seasons in half now, um, we're nearly to the end, and then I stopped to look. We've got five more episodes. How? Literally, you could do the season finale right after this episode. Yeah, I, I thought The Shattered Mirror is the next episode. It's not. We've got, like, five more episodes. Ugh. Balls. All right, so let's talk about fashion. All right, Belle was killing it this episode. Okay, you know what we didn't point out during the episode proper? What? You said you liked her scarf. We didn't point out the scarf has little daggers on it. Oh my god, it's so cool. It's the little stuff, you know? Yeah. But both of Belle's outfits were great. Well, the adventuring outfit. Both of Belle's adventuring outfits were great. During the castle scenes, she was wearing her 
this provincial town dress, mm. but like a fancy royal version of it. Which is a nice touch. I don't think we've seen that before. We have not. We've seen her wearing a peasant version of it when she's enslaved to gold, but we haven't seen like a fancy princess version of it. Uh, Regina, back on point. Thank God. Love you. Missed you. And um, yeah. Yeah. There wasn't really any outfits that stood out as like bad. Thank God. Oh, except for speaking of our Frozen. Yeah. And speaking of what was lifted or what was lifted directly from Frozen segment. Yeah. Oaken. Oaken was like, yeah, Oaken was exactly what he was in the cartoon. And let me tell you, it doesn't transfer to live action. No, it does not. And um, we've seen the trolls before, but again, we have the trolls lifted directly from Frozen. But I think that's it as far as explicit yep. Frozen stuff. We didn't get any like direct line lifts or uh, direct homage shots. Not that I noticed. But we did have Thorin and his weird thing with the sauna, which I don't... I'm sticking with my thing with Thorin Oakenshield and his mountain jerky. Not in the, uh, not in the Frozen movie. But in this continuity. In Once Upon a Time? Okay, I definitely buy that. So I guess that wraps us up for this week. Yeah, that should about do it. As I mentioned at the top of this episode, this is our second time recording this. And our raw episodes are available in the Patron Lounge for patrons. And you can hear the uncensored, unedited cut. Of this one, but I'm also going to put all of the one that we decided was too awkward for air. Yes. So um, if you would like to become a patron, you can do that at our website, I love televisionzines.com. You can click on the link to become a patron. And I would like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Cassidy, Alec, Alex, Alicia, and Ryan. If you'd like to help out the show in other ways, you can always rate and review us on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, you should head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash ilovetelevisionzines. If you have a question or comment, send us an email at ilovetelevisionzines at gmail.com or tweet at us at ilovetvzines. So until next week, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Storybrooke. Freeze your brain. Suck on that straw. Get lost in the pain. Happiness comes when everything numbs. Who needs cocaine? Freeze your brain. Freeze your brain. Care for a hit? Does your mommy know you eat all that crap?